Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio, the show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are UFC 288, live from New Jersey, the run for the Roses, who will be the winner in this year's Kentucky Derby, the President's Cup trophy curse continues, the NHL playoffs roll on, trades are the hot topic at this year's NFL draft, who came out on top and who did not. Rodgers lands in the Big Apple. The Ravens lock down their quarterback. Houston, we have liftoff. The Rockets find their next head coach. Another Steph versus LeBron showdown in the playoffs. Our NBA playoff talk continues. With that, I give you our assistant chief for our fire brigade, Colton Cow. Thanks, Matt. We're here on a, again on a Thursday Thursday night. Um, somewhat of a, a beautiful uh, day. You know, weather's starting to roll around here in Ohio, hopefully for for the better puts me in a, in a better mood right. when, when the sun, you know, finally see that big yellow shiny object in the sky. But, uh, so yeah, weather, weather's getting good sports, you know, still a lot going on in the sports world. So we got a, got a lot of topics to hit tonight, but before, uh, quickly, before we get started, we have a uh, quick word from our, from our sponsor. Um, yeah, that's right. The, the fired up crew here landed, landed our first paid, paid gig. Um, we, uh, you know, courtesy of the bet stamp bet stamp app um a, a sports betting ad um so we're gonna get a quick quick word in from our sponsor stick with us we'll be right back today's podcast is brought to you by the bet stamp app which is helping thousands of people win at sports betting for free the same way travelers use google flights or expedia to find the best prices bettors can now use bet stamp to do the same when you place a bet, the odds given by a sports book will determine how much you can possibly win. Even when betting on the same outcome, different sports books will offer varying payouts, and these differences can be huge. BetStamp allows you to easily line shop for the most profitable odds across all sports books. You can click on any matchup and instantly see all the different odds for game lines, player props, and even future bets. Line shopping is the simplest way to find an edge in sports betting and maximize your chances of long-term winning. On average, BetStamp users win an extra $1,000 plus yearly just by line shopping. You can find the BetStamp app on the Apple iOS Store, Google Play Store, or through your browser at www.betstamp.app. To access all these benefits, sign up using promo code FIREDUP and start your journey to successful sports betting today. If you forget to use the code upon sign up, you can always enter our code in your BetStamp account settings afterward. Check it out. All right, and we're back. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, like Matt mentioned before the break, uh, we're going to start off with some UFC talk. A little fight going on here um, in in New Jersey. You know, most of the time it's it's in the Big Apple in in New York, but uh, this one's going to take place in in Newark, New Jersey. Uh, UFC 288, uh, Aljamain Sterling versus Henry Cejudo uh, is the is the main you know the main title fight for this one. Uh, kind of the headliner for for the night. Um, you know, several. Uh, Five, five or six, uh, you know, main card fights here. So it's going to be going to be an interesting one. Um, like I mentioned, uh, the title fight uh, is, is the bantamweight bantamweight title fight, uh, you know, between 125, 135 pound, you know, fighters. Um, like I mentioned, Henry Cejudo coming into this one, 16 and two going up against the current champion and Aljamain Sterling at 22 and three. Um, going to be going to be an interesting one in this one. Uh, Cejudo is actually some coming out out of retirement to fight in this in this fight uh he's been out of the game for about three years almost wow. three years now um but you know coming into the fight about you know at the the ripe age of, of 36 years old um and like i said you know out of, out of the game but hasn't really stayed away from the sport um you know he's he's been involved you know as a as a podcaster himself uh has his own you know podcast you know ufc talk obviously has a lot of great insight, obviously being a UFC fighter himself. Also has been kind of a, a consultant or, you know, kind of a coach for some other, you know, UFC stars, including uh, John Jones. So uh, Matt, what's your, what's your thoughts on, on this, on this fight between uh, Al Jermaine Sterling and, and Henry Cejudo? You know, this, it looks like a, a pretty even fight on paper. You got Al Jermaine Sterling is 22 and three for his career. He's got three knockouts, eight by submission, 10 decisions, nine and one out of his last 10 fights. He said with the Cejudo, he's 16 and two. That comes by way of eight knockouts, eight decisions, and he's eight and two in his last 10. But like mm -hmm. he just mentioned, it, it's been a while. Mm -hmm. So is, is he going to show a little ring rust coming into this thing? Right. And then could that really play a factor? 
but you know, you, you look at Cejudo and he, half of his wins are by knockout mm-hmm. and you got Sterling. He, he's, he's more of a submission guy. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's going to be a, a contrast of styles here. And right. you know, in those fights like that, I, I kind of like the knockout guy because okay. you know, they always end up landing that punch that mm-hmm. came out of nowhere and, right, right. and, and, and you know, ends up punch her around the world. Right. So, you know, I, I think Cejudo has, has a good shot of, of pulling this thing off and mm-hmm. bringing home the title. Yeah, it'll be, uh, excuse me, be interesting to see what happens, you know, like I said, coming out of retirement three, you know, about three years out of the, out of the octagon, you know, if he does win, does he stay? Right. I mean, does he, you know, what, you know, what happens in this sense? I mean, and also at the same time, I mean, I get it. It's the title fight, but Cejudo is not even, not even ranked. I mean, yeah. How do you even get yeah, elevated? Yeah. Like, I guess it's just at this point, just a good fighter, you know, needed somebody to, to, to fill in or, you know, just, you know, needed, needed a, a big name to, to put on the, on the card. So I just, yeah, I think it's going to be kind of awkward if he does mm-hmm. win. Like, yeah, a guy that obviously has a great record before he retired and actually held the belt um was actually a two division ufc champ before he retired but yeah i just think it'd be very very odd or very weird to give it to a guy that yeah hasn't fought in three years right. and he gets his yeah gets this tight gets his title fight coming out of retirement wins it and then yeah as the belt holder i don't know if he'll just retire again you know i, I don't know what what's gonna happen could be yeah a lot of pandemonium there in, in new jersey but uh you know i, I think for cejudo History, history is definitely not not on his side in this one. Um, you know, I was, I was doing a little bit of research and saw that UFC fighters over over the age of 35 who fight between the weights of 125 and 170 pounds are just two and 28 in title wow. fights. So not a lot of good history, not a lot of good stuff there for Cejudo. But obviously, this guy, you know, one of the best in the business before before he retired. Um, you know, and I think he's still probably in pretty pretty good shape, pretty, you know, uh, you know, fighting shape, obviously, uh, going to have his hands full though with, with Al Jermaine, he's making, you know, Sterling's making his third title defense. Well, and like you said, with him doing the podcast and doing the, the stuff the for coaching, UFC, yeah. you know, you wonder if he's really been studying the game right. though, yeah, which exactly. could possibly give an edge here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it, it's going to be, going to be interesting. I expect a, a good fight, even with a guy that, yeah, is coming, coming out of retirement, you know, three year layoff. I think Sterling's still going to have his have his hands full, uh, but you know Sterling's no slouch himself. I mean, he comes into the fight riding a, an eight fight win streak, so he's got you know got some good things going for going for him. I, I think it's going to be going to be a little bit of a you know a, a bloodbath, um, but uh, I think Sterling will will come out come out on top. I just yeah that that long layoff. I just yeah. don't. There's not too many people that can do that. I mean, obviously John Jones just did it here recently, but I just there's only one John Jones right. in the world. And, and so it, it's tough for anybody to do. Um, I just, yeah, I don't like Cejudo's chances in this one. I, I like Al Jermaine to, to keep the belt, but I think it'll be a, a close, a close mm-hmm. fight. I think he'll have his, have his hands full in, in this one. So, uh, you know, a couple other, you know, a couple other fights on the, on the card, uh, you know, kind of the, the co-main or the, you know, event before, uh, is the welterweight uh, between number five seated Gilbert Burns, twenty-two and five, going up against number four Bilal Muhammad at twenty-two and three. Um, will be very interesting to see uh, because Gilbert Burns just fought three weeks ago um, in in um, in a UFC event. Uh, so we'll see, you know, what what kind of you know fighting shape he's in, or you know, is Quick he recovered, around. or you know, whatever. Um, and even even Muhammad himself, who uh, was actually one had had one week one week left of fasting um as he was observing uh ramadan uh when ufc kind of called him at the last minute and said you know hey we need you to need you to fight in this one so he definitely was in no kind of you know weight or you know didn't have the weight that he's normally used to carrying or you know not in in somewhat fighting shape so it'll be very interesting to see how these how these two guys you know kind of kind of match up in kind of a a rushed you know fight or you know kind of a a a rushed uh, job here so uh, gonna be gonna be interesting, you know. Women's fight also on the on the card, you know. Women's straw weight, uh, another another featherweight between Bryce Mitchell and and Mavsar Elov, um, and then the, the the first main card fight, feather, another featherweight, Cron uh, Gracie versus Charles Jordan. So you know, a couple a couple of you know decent decent guys there, um, kind of household names. But uh, I think ultimately the the one to look forward to is obviously the, the main event there uh, between Cejudo and, and, and Aljamain Sterling. So, Absolutely. all right, well, moving on then from the octagon over to the racetrack. 
Yeah, that's right. The Kentucky Derby is on to you know on us this weekend. Uh, One of my favorite times of the year. Yeah, I mean, love love the Derby. Right. Uh, hard to believe. Yeah, we're we're you know first week in May. You know first weekend in May, and uh, yeah, the 149th Kentucky Derby is is upon us. So, uh, looking at the weather, it looks like it's gonna be gonna be good weather. About 70 70 degrees, uh, light winds. Uh, about a 20% chance of rain. So I think it's going to be, you know, somewhat ideal, you know, racing conditions, maybe for some, some horses, maybe not so much for others that like to run in the slop or, you know, whatever. So, um, you know, this obviously Kentucky Derby, the first leg of the, of the triple crown uh, race. So we get that kicked off um, mile and a quarter track on, on dirt. So uh, not quite the longest race of the triple crown, but one of the, one of the longer, longer racetracks, um, you know, 20 different horses and all three years old that, you know, have qualified for, for this race. Uh, Matt, what's your, what's your thoughts on, on the field or, you know, just a little bit of, you know, some facts or, you know, what you got for us. Yeah. Well, you know, this is dubbed the most ex- uh, exciting two minutes in sports. And it's also the run for the roses for mm-hmm. the, uh, the champion horse gets draped with the, with the drapery of roses mm-hmm. over their back. Um, this thing's for a $3 million purse. The mm-hmm. winner takes $1.86 million. Right. That's, that's definitely not a bad right. payday. For, for two yeah. minutes. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, horses are expensive, right, but that, right. that goes a long way for paying some of those fees. Mm-hmm. That's for mm-hmm. sure. This field's got 23 horses in it. I believe I read today that one actually did just uh, drop out. So I think we're down to 22. Mm-hmm. Uh, top odds right now are going to the horse uh, Forte at three mm-hmm. to one. Yep. Then you've got uh, Trice, uh, Tap at Trice at yep. five to one, and then Angel of Empire right now at eight to one. Yep. So you know, it, it, odds are really all over the place on mm-hmm. this thing. Last year, an eighty to one long shot ended up winning this thing. So right. you know, a fill in horse. There could be some real money to be made. And every year, the Derby, right. there's always that one horse that comes Shocks in the world, especially if you can pull off a trifecta or oh, something yeah. like that. Yeah. You can turn five bucks into, into five hundred fast. Oh yeah. You know, so. I mean, Derby's just exciting. It's a great time. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, they they have released the post positions um, so far. You know, it's kind of interesting. Kind of the two or you know two or three favorites. Uh, Forte, who you mentioned, is is the favorite right now from the betting standpoint at the uh, fifteen you know fifteen slot right now. And then, which is a, a good slot because mm-hmm. usually if you, if you're on the post, you, you really don't have a real good right. shot of winning. And from what I read or from what I understand, I guess that they've um, I guess they've adjusted kind of those inside tracks like okay. one and two. I, I'm not I didn't go into detail or, you know, really research too much of what all they did. Uh-huh. But I guess that they did make some modifications so that that inside, you know, corner or inside, you know, rail isn't, isn't so tight or, yeah. you know, whatever. I, I don't know if that was just for this Kentucky Derby or if that's just in horse racing in general, if they've, they've made that modification. So it will be interesting. I mean, like you, like you said, the number one post position has been by far the worst position to have when it comes to, you know, comes to this race. Um, you know, so you definitely don't want to start, start on the inside there, but like I mentioned, Forte going to start on the outside at the 15 spot. Uh, and then the third highest, odds you know race uh or or horse is uh the 14th spot angel of empire so kind of the two two favorites or you know some of the co-favorites there each other you know right right beside each other so it'll be you know will be interesting and uh the the second you know odds there second best odds uh tap it trace gonna start in the five spot so kind of starting not quite on the inside but you know uh toward towards the you know the infield there but uh yeah so be, be interesting to see um you know obviously outside of those three I mean, you got a ton of horses. Yeah, you got a ton of horses. Yeah, a ton of horses with a lot of high odds. So it, they're you know, Vegas strongly feels real strong about right. these three horses at the top. But I mean, I, I think that means that yeah, it, there's a lot of be a lot of money to possibly be made on on some of these long shots. And I'll, I'll be doing a little more research. I, I always throw a trifecta every mm-hmm. year. I, I usually box it so that way. As long any as the order. three come in right. any order, you're in good shape. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, talk talking a little sports betting from our. From our sponsors, right. so you know, right. we'll throw that out there for you. Yeah, and and I guess for me, I I've done a little bit of done a little bit of research already. If I'm if I've got a long shot, and this is a fifty to one, the highest yeah. you know highest odds, I like reincarnate at the seven seven spot, and I'll tell you why. Um, in seven starts, you know, seven career starts so far, the horse has never finished below third in any mm-hmm. of his races. But that's not the real reason. This horse was trained by not only the one and only Bob Baffert. Mm-hmm. And we know, you know, outside of all of his stuff off the track, right. 
there's probably nobody better in the business yeah. at training horses than Bob Baffert. Eventually that horse was transitioned over to a different trainer, probably so that the horse could, could race in the race would be my guess uh, because of, you know, Bob Baffert's, you know, uh, things off the track. But to me, that's, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. If I'm picking a long shot because of those two things, really like it and, and reincarnate at 50, 50 to one odds right? and, and not starting in the inside position, somewhat in the, in the middle of the pack there. Mm-hmm. I, I like, you know, if I'm picking, yeah, long shot odds, I like reincarnate. To yeah, if you want to be conservative, just throw a show bet on them. Right, and, I mean, right. it's not going to be 50 to one, but it'll still be pretty high. Right. So. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it's going to be, going to be, going to be interesting. Um, you know, obviously um, when it comes to, when it comes to this track, getting off to a good start is usually how it, how it goes, you know, um, in kind of the last eight or nine runnings of the, of the Kentucky Derby, uh, the horse that, that that won was no worse than third after the first kind of half mile of the track. So it's it's yeah, get a good start and you're you know probably got a good shot at, at winning this thing. So you got to be kind of in that top three, you know, top four to really give yourself a a shot in this one. So getting a good a good start out of the gate is going to be going to be huge, and uh, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, exciting times. A lot of money is exchanged. A lot of yes, money sir. is thrown down on this on this event. So it's going to be uh, going to be interesting to see. You know, can, can we follow up the the craziness that we had? You know, last year with uh, Rich Strike, like you mentioned, eighty to one, mm. a fill in who wasn't even supposed to race <laughs> had to you know fill in at the very last minute to to go. And what do you know? Wins wins the whole darn right. thing. So it's going to be yeah going to be interesting if they can you know <laughs> if we can follow i don't know if you can follow that up that's going to yeah. be awful tough but you know we'll we'll see um like i mentioned 149th Kentucky Derby happening this this saturday around they get kicked off around 7 7 p.m. eastern mm-hmm. time and like matt mentioned in 2 minutes it's over and you either Got some cash in your hand, or you just lost all that cash in two minutes. So. But there's, there's plenty of mint juleps going around to drink <laughs> right. those sorrows. Right, away. right, absolutely. So exciting stuff taking place this this weekend between UFC and, and the Kentucky Derby. So, all right, well, <clears throat> moving over to a little bit of uh, NHL news. The playoffs are still rolling on here. Uh, we got we got it on the TV in the studio here. Uh, we currently got the got the Panthers Toronto game on right now, and Toronto's uh trying to get get back after losing game one but uh i think we'll start off here uh the big the big shocker, panthers obviously knocking off the boston bruins in the first round um something i don't think that anybody saw coming even the experts didn't see this see this coming um and i don't think the bruins saw this saw this one coming either i think the only ones that really had it thought that they had a chance to win this thing was the Florida Panthers mm-hmm. themselves. And even I bet they were questioning. Yeah. Either. And even coming into it, they were like, man, what the heck is, how is this going to go? But right. kudos to this plant Panthers team. They never stopped fighting. Right. I mean, they, they were down, you know, three to one in this series mm-hmm. and won the next three games, two of them in overtime um, against, yeah, a Bruins team that, not only was the best team in hockey, but was one of the best teams ever Period. in hockey. Um, you know, Matt, any any thoughts on you know what 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 do you think about that? Well, I you mean, know, I heard a, a funny stat about that though. So the, the, they're now officially every major sport the best record team of all time didn't win the championship. Yeah, yeah. you look at Golden State, they lose to the Cavs. Mm-hmm. Uh, baseball I, I believe it was probably one of the yankee teams or something like that I, i'm not entirely sure who but mm-hmm. they didn't end up winning the world series and now you got hockey and the bruins best record of all time <laughs> don't win a championship mm-hmm. so it's kind of a curse to be great during their season right. i guess i mean unless yeah. you're the chicago bulls of course <laughs> right but, right yeah you know that, that, that's kind of a crazy stat mm-hmm. like, going to this series though man this is a good one like i said the panthers uh came out to an early lead 1-0 in the series mm-hmm. won four to two yeah which that's what Florida has done well this year. They right. can score, mm-hmm. but you know Toronto's no slouch scoring either, and uh, they've given up 52 less goals on the season mm-hmm. than a uh, than the Panthers. So you know, but this for me this is hard to gauge because mm-hmm. Sergey Ser- Ser- Bobrovsky is as good as they come mm-hmm. when he's on. Yeah, but when he's off, it, it's it, bad. It's, it's bad. It's yeah. real bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw it for years here mm-hmm. here in Columbus. You right. know, he can take you to the promised land, but right. if if he starts slumping. Good night. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I said the one thing that, that uh, Toronto has to do if they want to win this series and, and take some games here is 
they, they got to get to Bobrovsky early mm -hmm. and, and watching this game tonight, first period up two, two to nothing. nothing. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking lights out already in this game for, okay. for Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Tie it up, you know, for the Maple Leafs, um, you know, obviously splitting at home is never what you want to do. You know, you like to like to take both games at, at home, but uh, you know, I, I guess, you know, settle for split, mm -hmm. I guess. Um, but yeah, I think, I think for me in this, in this series, it is going to come down to, to goalie play because I mean, if you, even if you look at the Maple Leafs series against the lightning, you know, in the previous round, their goalie really didn't play all that, all no. that great. Uh, I mean, he gave up about three goals a game, mm -hmm. uh, had about a 90% save percentage. Crazy thing uh, is that's every goaltender in this playoff. Oh right yeah. Now. It's been, I, been a high score. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but you know, I think the key thing that does stick out to me even though, you know, Toronto's, you know, goalie gave up some goals, you know, didn't have great save percentage. He did win all three games in the series on the road in overtime. So, you know, in the clutch, when it, matter, when it matters, there. that's, you know, he, he came up, you know, came up big for him. So I think that's going to be going to be huge. Obviously, this Panthers team, like I mentioned, won three games straight against the Bruins, two of them in overtime. So we'll see, you know, who 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 gets the better of that matchup right. if we go, you know, deep into some games or, you know, do have to go into overtime, who gets the, you know, who, who wins that matchup. And, you know, I do, I, I had, you know, Bob Roski kind of circled on here as one of my X factors for the Panthers, because, I mean, he took over in those final three games for, for the Panthers was a real key for them, including in game five, he had 44 saves mm -hmm. in that game. They won, you know, four to three in overtime. So he was huge um, in, in, in the final three, you know, those final three games that they closed out the Bruins. But, you know, it can just as easily, you know, switch for right. him. Um, and and it, it, it's bad. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, yeah, definitely the keys in this game is going to be who, who takes advantage of, you know, either team's goalie, mm -hmm. I think, in this one. Uh, I think, you know, game one, the Panthers got on, got on the Maple Leafs early. Game two so far, Maple Leafs are getting, you know, getting on the Panthers. So going to be an interesting matchup or, you know, interesting series. Obviously, the Maple Leafs, after getting finally getting that first round win, they've got that mental block now out of their right. head. What what more can this team do uh, going going forward? So yeah. Florida's fighting back. They just got a goal here to take it to one right. two. In the yeah. So and, and it, this Panthers team has done nothing but fight this entire, you know, these entire playoffs. So definitely, uh, yeah, did not expect them to win the first round, you know, kind of snuck into the playoffs um, and, you know, are, are, are in some damage here. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, going to be going to be an interesting series, I think. So the other uh, other series uh, over over in the east, uh, we got the uh, number one seeded Carolina Hurricanes taking on the number two seeded New Jersey Devils. Oh, this thing went a, like it was supposed to. Right. A single point separates these two teams, um, you know, in, in from the regular season. Uh, Hurricanes took game one last night by a score of five to one. Uh, obviously, New, New Jersey coming off a first round uh, victory over the New York Rangers in a game seven. Um, and, and Carolina took care of business against the Islanders in, in round one, you know, beating them four to four to two in the first round. Uh, Matt, what's your, what's your thoughts on this, on this series so far? I mean, obviously hurricanes make a big statement early on game yeah. one, five to one. Um, but obviously a lot more hockey to be played. I mean, these two teams split the regular season, two games apiece. Uh, New Jersey though, in the regular skis season had scored 27 more goals than Carolina, mm. but on the flip side of things, Carolina gave up 12 less goals on the season than yeah. New Jersey. So, you know, like like I've said every time, when it comes to playoff time, it's all about the goaltenders. Right. You, having that slight better in the goal there, I, I like Carolina to win the series, but th this thing may go all seven. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll see. Uh, you know, New Jersey obviously making, you know, a lot of guys on their roster making kind of their playoff debuts, yeah. not a lot of experience there. Um, you know, do they still have the fresh, the fresh legs after going to seven games? You know, obviously Carolina went six games, but they got a little, you know, a couple more days of rest than, than obviously the devils did. Um, you know, so is that going to, is that setting in, you know, is this thing going to get away from the devils early on where they, you know, can't recover be very, very interesting. I mean, this, this is somewhat, you know, two contrasting styles. There's probably nobody better on the defensive side than the Carolina hurricanes. They're, they're, towards the top, if not the top in most defensive categories, where if you look on the flip side, you know, the New Jersey Devils, they're, they're towards the top in almost every offensive category. So going to be, yeah, very, very interesting. I mean, Carolina dealing with a lot of injuries 
prior to this playoffs. And, you know, uh, they're missing three of their top six forwards uh, who out with injuries for the whole entire season will not be back at, at, at any point. So how does that impact this Hurricanes team? Do they have enough offense to, to generate there? Obviously, game one, they they showed they can hang, you know, laying laying five on on the uh, you know on the Devils to start start the series off. But again, was that a little bit of fatigue setting in for for New Jersey? Will they will they right the ship? Uh, game two going to be going to be tomorrow night. Um, we'll see if yeah, New Jersey can can right the ship, get this one back, you know, tie it up, or uh, you know, if they're going back to back to New Jersey down down two zero. So um, moving over then to the Western Conference. Um, well, we got, uh, the, the, you know, number one seeded Vegas golden Knights, uh, taking on the two seeded Edmonton Oilers somewhat, you know, again, went according to, according to plan two points separates these teams from the regular, you know, the regular season. Uh, we've already had game one golden Knights took it by a score of six to six to four. Um, and, and, but you know, ironically, the Oilers were actually better in the regular season. Three, three took it three games to one in the in the regular season. Uh, Matt, what's your what's your thoughts on this on this series? Well, you know, Edmonton this this regular season was all about the goals. Mm-hmm. They scored fifty eight goals in the regular season, but on the inverse, they gave up thirty one more goals per game than than Las Vegas did. So you know, I, this thing could really go either way. I, I see fireworks here because Las Vegas can score with the best of mm-hmm. them too. Yeah. I think it's going to be another high-scoring series. Right. Um, I, I think Edmonton, you know, they, they always get those playoff jitters. They at least mm. finally got past the first round this right. year. But right. Las Vegas just seems to have the it when it comes to playoffs. Mm-hmm. They, they mm-hmm. get in. They they make a run every year. Right. I think that just that veteran savvy, and it's funny you're saying that for a team that was just an expansion team a few short years ago. But right. they've been there, done that. They've moved on. So, you know. I think I like Las Vegas just simply because they've been there, done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think there's going to be going to be an interesting series. I think it could go could go the distance in this one. I do like the Golden Knights probably on the defensive side a little bit more than than Edmonton, but man, it's just hard to count out the Oilers with as many different weapons mm-hmm. as they have to to score. I mean, game one they had one guy score all four goals <laughs> and still lost the game, but you know, I, I think obviously, yeah. That that and that and that one guy wasn't Connor McDavid. Mm-hmm. So I think if you're Las Vegas, yeah, we won the game six to four, but McDavid really didn't have much of an right. impact. What what does that say for the rest of the mm-hmm. games going forward here? Uh, so yeah, I think Vegas definitely they got to pick up their defense. Obviously, you give up four goals to one guy. I mean, they may have been just trying to key on McDavid, but you you can't. I mean, mm-hmm. this this team has too many guys. You got to focus on. You can't just hone in on one person, or there's right. going to be another guy that that, that beats you. And that and in game one was you know Leon Dreisaitl scored all four all four goals for the Oilers. So it will be interesting to see you know kind of the the approach going forward, how Edmonton kind of combats that. Um, I just yeah, I think this Edmonton team too many too many weapons, too you know too many people to try to slow down. But I think it could go could go seven games. But I think you know Edmonton might might just advance to the to the Western Conference uh, you know Western Conference Finals here. All right, moving over to the last uh, Western Conference matchup in the second round here. Um, Another shocker. Central, you know, the central number two seed Dallas Stars get the win against the Minnesota Wild, you know, four to two in that series. Mm -hmm. Not a big, not a big surprise there. Uh, Looked like the better team throughout, you know, throughout that series. Uh, But, you know, their opponent, another wild card team, expansion team, second team, you know, second year. First time in the playoffs, the Kraken, the Kraken, Seattle knocks off the defending Stanley Cup champs, Colorado in seven games in Colorado. Wow. Um, You know, more, more excitement. And on top of that, they take game one in overtime (laughs) against this Dallas Stars and win the, you know, win it uh, five to four in overtime. Um, Matt, what's your, what's your thoughts on this Kraken team? Are we, are we witnessing history here or what's, what's going on? You know, I, I think they're just that little engine that could. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it reminds me of the the Blue Jackets a few years back when they they were kind of the the lower seed, mm-hmm. but just pesky and, right, and right. you know doing enough to knock off some of these big guys. Yeah. But you know, it, it's it's after that first round where the wheels usually tend to fall off mm-hmm. when when you're that low seed mm-hmm. and you're just you're going on fumes. So you know, in, impressive that they 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 kept it going here, right. but. But I, I look for the wheels to fall off mm. in Seattle. I think Dallas, 
is the superior team mm-hmm. and they're going to show it here the rest of the series. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, it's going to be, going to be interesting. Um, obviously the Kraken lost their star forward, Jared McCann, uh, in game four of the last series. And from what I understand, I don't think he'll be back at all for the, for the playoffs. So that was a guy that, you know, scored 40 goals and had 30 assists for him. So pretty big weapon that they, that they lost going to be, you know, a lot, a lot to fill his, fill his gates. Um, they do have one of my favorite players though. And Oliver Bjorkstrand, mm-hmm. he was a, a blue jacket, right. one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I hated to see him go. So, right. Right. You know, I, I wish him a lot of luck. Yeah. And he was, I think was pretty key in, in game one for, for the Kraken. So I think he may have scored the game winning goal for him in, in game one. So, Obviously, yeah, I hate to see him go from leave the Blue Jackets, yeah. but, uh, you know, obviously doing big things, you know, somewhere else. But uh, this Dallas team, I think, yeah, has is, is, is got, you know, on paper is the better better team and has been more consistent and played really well in their first-round series. But, again, do not count out this Kraken team. Don't take them lightly because the Avalanche did. And look where they're. They're, they're yeah. on the couch watching from home as well. So, uh, you know, this Dallas team really, yeah, they, they got to focus, stay focused. They want to, you know, move on to the Western Conference Finals. I think that they, I think that they do. Um, but I think it goes, I think it goes like, I think six games maybe yeah, in this one. So uh, I like the Dallas Stars to move on and, and move on to the Western Conference Finals and get back to that that Stanley Cup that they were, you know, in just a, a short couple of years ago. You know, weren't successful. Obviously, went up against the Tampa Bay Lightning, weren't able to take them down. But uh, you know, hopefully, you know, things things could change this year with with Boston out of it. It's anybody's game, game now, so it, it's going to be going to be interesting to see how, you know, how we how we go here, and you know how the how the conference finals kind of shake up. So, all right, well, that's enough uh, hockey talk. Uh, we're going to take a, another quick uh, commercial break from one of our other, our other sponsors. Uh, stick with us; we'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. And we're back. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, I'm going to get a little bit of uh, NFL news here. Um, like we've talked about here the last several weeks, NFL draft was upon us. Um, all the rounds are done. All the picks are in. Uh, all the teams got hopefully what they wanted or didn't get. Um, so we're just going to quickly recap and, uh, you know, kind of pick our, our winners or, you know, who we thought won the draft and who we thought really didn't win the draft, you know, um, and, I'll get things started off here with with my winner. I think it's probably the same as as Matt here. I got the Houston Texans Absolutely. as my as my big winner. Um, you know, obviously got things started with their number two pick in the first round. Took you know C.J. Stroud, the quarterback out of Ohio State, and then made a made a jump up to number back up to number three. The never the next very next pick in round one uh, traded the Arizona Cardinals uh, and selected probably hands down the best defensive player and and probably hands down maybe the best overall player in the, in the draft, uh, you know, Will Anderson Jr., the linebacker out of Alabama. Um, I don't think any more can be, can be said about that. You get, you know, somewhat the best, you know, quarterback or, you know, arguably one of maybe the, the more prototypical quarterback in, in today's NFL. And then you land, you know, by far the best defensive, maybe best overall prospect. Um, you did, you did something right there. And yeah. You get p- two potential franchise guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, what more can you ask for? Right. Even if they gave away the rest of the draft, that, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. still pretty amazing. Right. I mean, you look back years ago when the Miami dolphins gave up their entire draft mm-hmm. for Ricky Williams, right. You know, <laughs> these guys got two guys plus other draft picks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you can't ask for anything better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and obviously a team, you know, Houston picking up towards the top, not because they did anything right last year. I mean, they got they got needs at every you know every position or a lot of different positions. So, oh, and that no, was the Saints, not the Dolphins. <clears throat> no, no better way to uh, you know recoup that or you know start start that process you know early and fast than than trading up and getting two picks in the top you know the top three here. So, uh, you know, and the rest of, you know the rest of the draft for them. I mean, I do like uh, 
you know, they went for another Alabama player in the fifth round and Henry Toa Toa, the linebacker out of another linebacker out of Alabama, I think may, may be somewhat of a steal was, yeah. was, was a, you know, big stud for them last mm-hmm. year. And, you know, uh, was a transfer from Tennessee and uh, was, a, was a stud at Tennessee as well. So I just think, yeah, somewhat maybe a, a steal there in round five for, for the Texans uh, to address more, you know, on the defensive side. Uh, when it comes to, you know, who didn't nail the NFL draft, uh, it's probably a team that honestly hasn't nailed the draft here as of recently. That's the New England Patriots I have on the on the list here. I think their first pick, round one, you know, pick number 17, they got Christian Gonzalez, the cornerback out of Oregon, who I had going kind of in the top, the top 10. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he may have slid a little. I think they may have gotten, you know, a good pick or some value out of out of that one. But then after that, it just falls off the wagon here uh they picked you know with their with their you know 10 or 10 or 15 different picks they had round four they picked a kicker uh round, way too early round six they picked a punter uh way too early in round three they picked the guy out of sacramento state um <laughs> and yeah i i just a lot of head scratching moves for for the patriots here um and, and ironically you know with those two special teamers that they picked first time since 2000 that a team has picked a punter and a kicker in the same <laughs> the same draft class last, last odds are neither of those guys are going to make the squad last two last uh team to do that was the then oakland raiders back in 2000 they drafted sebastian janikowski and shane leckler who probably are two hall of famers at right. those respective positions these two guys that they drafted aren't they? i don't think are are those guys um so yeah just very head scratching moves for a, a, a Patriots team that, you know, obviously has, you know, their, what they think in their franchise QB and Mac Jones, mm-hmm. get the guy some weapons, get the, you know, he, he had kind of a rough, you know, rough year last year, but again, all, somewhat of like a Aaron Rodgers deal. They don't address it. They don't, you know, give him any vote of confidence by going out there and getting him, getting him some weapons to throw to and, you know, make his job a little bit easier. So yeah, I just think this Patriots team is, has not, drafted well here the last several several seasons and followed it up with another another stinker in this one so matt what's what's your thoughts who who you think i mean i'm a a big dallas cowboy fan and i I was just scratching my head the entire draft on what they were doing you know in in the first round i was was really hoping they'd go after a tight end and Mm -hmm. you know i i think their plans probably got got beat up a little bit when uh i believe it was buffalo jumped in front of them mm-hmm. and, and took the tight end i assume they probably really wanted the guy out of utah mm-hmm. probably the best tight end in the draft mm-hmm. but you know there's a really couple really good tight ends still left even after that mm-hmm. i i think i would have gone for the guy from notre dame michael myers and and just and taking that that's a big spot of need mm-hmm. if the cowboys you know you look at the days back when they had jason witten you have that mm-hmm. consistent guy and pick up those short yardage right. you're not relying on the run all the time mm-hmm. and you get those those extra downs and that's what i was looking for that's mm. what i wanted them to go after right. and and maybe maybe i just don't know football good enough i don't know but right. that, that that that's what i would have went for and mm-hmm. so then they 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 take the the uh, big nose tackle out, out, out of michigan, michigan. Right. i didn't know a lot about him and right. i'm a big 10 fan i'm a right. buckeye fan mm-hmm. I, I watched a lot of a lot of games that had michigan in it mm-hmm. i don't remember hearing his name a lot so yeah. I, I mean, you tell me he was good. I know you're a Michigan guy, so right. I, I think he's know. decent. I, I I think you know from what I was reading, the guy was kind of a borderline first round pick, probably more than likely second. a second round yeah. pick. So yeah, I think it was a little bit of a of a reach, if yeah. you ask me. Um, even yeah, even being a Michigan guy, I think he is he is a solid player. Uh, maybe not you know a late a late first rounder. Right. So yeah. then the second round they. They, they reach again, in my opinion, going after a, another guy out of Michigan. <laughs> tight end. So, you know, maybe it's my scarlet gray glasses <laughs> right, thinking right. all these are reaches. I don't know. But, right. you know, the, the tight end out of Michigan, who's, who's coming off an injury. So, mm-hmm. you know, who, who knows who how, knows how ready get. he's going to be for right. the season. Right. So, you know, I just I, – I think they, they, they missed early. And you know, they did okay late. But, mm-hmm. you know, they, they go – they get their backup running back in the sixth round. Mm-hmm. The guy had a good career at Kansas State. Mm-hmm. Kind of a, a fun Deuce, story Deuce there because yeah. his dad is actually on the – on staff the team, for yeah. the Buckeyes so yeah. you know that, that was a, a a neat story I guess mm-hmm. but I just I, I think they could have addressed needs in a better way mm-hmm. that there are better people available mm-hmm. when when they took these guys and I I think they could have done better mm, yeah absolutely so all right well moving on from the NFL draft moving on to a couple of moves from teams that may have won the offseason here yeah. uh we'll start with my uh New York Jets here finally getting I hope 
to the Lord, um, our franchise QB in Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, it, it, it's big news. Um, like I said, New York gets Aaron Rodgers in this deal. They also got the green, you know, they basically swap first round picks with Green Bay. And they also got Green Bay's fifth round pick out of this as well. Uh, Green Bay, on the other hand, got the Jets, you know, first round pick in this year's draft. Um, their second round pick in this year's draft, their sixth round pick in this year's draft, and then a conditional 2024 second round pick, but probably going to be a probably going to be a first rounder as long as Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps next year, that becomes a first round pick for, for green Bay. So, you know, ultimately a lot of, a lot of, you know, first or high, you know, high picks for this one, but I hope that it's going to, going to pay off for, for New York in a, in a big way. Uh, you know, I, I think the handwriting was on the wall um, that, you know, Rogers and the kind of the relationship between the, you know, Rogers and Green Bay would, it kind of dissolved or had fizzled out based on all the things that had happened over the offseason. Um, it just was a matter of when, you know, th- this deal has been getting talked about for the last, you know, month or so, mm-hmm. just a matter of finding the right terms, the right, you know, picks and everything like that. And finally, the, the two teams were able to get it done. And, and hopefully, you know, pays off. I think, you know, for for the Jets in this sense, it's you know, kind of Super Bowl or die for for right. them at this point. So, Matt, what's your what's your thoughts on the on the trade? Yeah, you know, I, the, the the pick swap kind of didn't make a lot of sense. It, it really didn't do anything for either of these teams. I think they both got the guy they they wanted. <laughs> right. It wouldn't have mattered if they were yeah, thirteen. They went, they or went 15. from thirteen to fifteen. Yeah. So, so I, I don't think that did much. Uh, you know, Green Bay though turned uh, the rest of those picks into. Uh, Let's see. Well, Lucas Van Ness was right. the one that, that, that got picked at uh, the 13th mm-hmm. spot. Then they got Luke Musgrave, a tight end out of Oregon State there in the second round. Mm-hmm. And they got Anders Carlson, a kicker out of Auburn. I <laughs> don't know why they're drafting a kicker in the right. sixth round, but, right. you know, what what, what the hey? I right, guess it's right. a, free, a freebie thrown mm-hmm. in this deal. But, right. you know, I, I, I think the Jets, I don't want to say they gave up too much because it's a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. The only thing that scares me is it could be a one-year rental because he every year he's talking about ah, I'm going to call it quits. I'm ready to retire. Right. If this turns into a one-year rental and you gave up a first rounder next year mm-hmm. and you don't have a quarterback, mm-hmm. bad deal. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Especially you know if if the Jets are somewhat like a borderline playoff team, you know you're not picking up towards the top. So then you right. got to scrounge together draft capital again or you know players or whatever to try to get back up towards the top that you know if Rodgers is gone next year you know isn't able to go the multiple seasons that he you know says that he wants to or you know has left on his deal uh yeah this could be a real I mean and that's that's the risk you take with this kind of Super Bowl or die mentality well and and they were Rodgers or bust all Mm -hmm. offseason you know they could have gone after Carr Mm -hmm. not giving up any draft capital Mm -hmm. just signed the guy after he was released by Oakland right or I guess Las Vegas now so you know I just I I think there are other things they could on I didn't think it had to be Rodgers or bust Mm -hmm. yeah no I, I think obviously this is a this is a Jets team or a New York team that's I wouldn't say in desperation mode, but you know, is is hungry for a at least a playoff berth. Um, haven't made the playoffs in twelve years, uh, which is actually not only the longest streak in the NFL, but the longest streak among all the four major sports, uh, you know, teams: the NBA, the NHL, MLB, the NFL. Longest streak of not making the playoffs. So, this is obviously a, a franchise and a front office that's looking to you know write that and write that really really quick. Um, and no, no better way to do that, obviously, than than go after you know Aaron Rodgers, who had by far a Hall of Fame career with with the Green Bay Packers. Um, you know, is a little bit you know a little bit weary because he is coming off one of his worst seasons with Green Bay. But was it Rodgers? Was it the team around? You know, the, right. the lack of weapons. I, I, I don't know. We'll we'll see. Obviously, going to have a lot of weapons there there in New York. Maybe you know, hands down, one of the better you know offensive units he's had in in a while. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Obviously, the Jets have not had a lot of consistency at QB play. Um, but, yeah, we'll see how it plays out. Obviously, New York looking to make a Super Bowl push. Green Bay somewhat in, I don't know, maybe in rebuild mode. I mean, they're, they're going to turn the keys over, or, you know, hand the keys over to the car uh, to, to Jordan Love, who they, you know, picked with their first round pick a couple of years ago. Obviously, the guy doesn't, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to tell. Is this guy going to be the guy? He hasn't gotten a lot of or a lot of playing time just because he's you know been Aaron Rodgers backup so it's it's going to be real interesting to see what you know how he pans out if he right. really is you know going to be the next up and coming or you know if if the Packers you know 
take a down year and, and, and are picking up towards the top to try to find their next, you know, next franchise QB. So, all right, well, moving over to another big, uh, big deal. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens locking down their, their franchise QB finally, uh, after a several, several month, uh, negotiations between Lamar Jackson and the, and the Baltimore Ravens, this guy becomes not only franchise leader in money, but all-time NFL leader in, in money with a new five-year, $260 million deal. Um, like I mentioned, negotiations have been going on over a 27-month span. So over two years, this thing has been you know going on. Uh, the interesting thing, Lamar Jackson is his own agent. So he was the one representing himself in this whole deal, was making the calls to the Ravens, you know, negotiating with their front office. Um, uh, Matt, what's your, what's your thoughts on this, on this deal here for Lamar Jackson? What a deal. He, these quarterback deals just keep getting larger and mm-hmm. larger. And mm-hmm. no, I just, I don't know what makes Jackson the highest paid player in the NFL where mm-hmm. you've got a guy like Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. who's won what two Super Bowls now mm-hmm. and yeah. multiple MVPs are in the race every year. Right. Baltimore has been to the playoffs a, a few times, but. And I know Jackson's won an MVP, but right. what do they really have to show for it? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't don't get me wrong; he, he's a great quarterback. He deserves a big contract to make him the highest paid quarterback in the NFL mm-hmm. and the highest paid player of all time. Mm-hmm. Just, just seems like a bit of a stretch for me. I, I know they're they were kind of going to be in no man's land if they didn't give him what he wanted. Right. So he had all all the negotiating power here, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. It, it's a tough pill to swallow, in my my opinion. Yeah, yeah, gonna be. Going to be tough, you know. Obviously, uh, Baltimore obviously, uh, you know, locked down Odell Beckham in the off season. You know, a weapon for Lamar Jackson to throw to, um, you know. And then obviously, it, it changed probably the Raven. You know, getting this deal done before the draft changed what they the draft approach. Yeah. You know, obviously. So, uh, you know, with their first round pick in this year's draft, they drafted another wide receiver, uh, Zay Flowers from from Boston College. You know, one of the one of the top receivers in the, in the group. And, you know, the, the Ravens didn't have to, you know, trade or move up or, you know, anything like that. They were able to stay, stay put and, you know, get, I get the guy, I think that they wanted. Uh, so it will be, it will be interesting to see, can this team, um, you know, can this team, can they, can they proceed with, with Lamar Jackson? He now is getting, you know, arguably maybe his best uh, offensive unit he's had as far as receivers go what kind of season now can he have with with you know the the franchise now investing in, in him? Um, you know what, what you know. I, I think it's going to pay dividends. Obviously, a high price to to do so, um, but it, I think it's going to pay off for both teams in this sense of you know getting their quarterback locked down, not having to deal with that in the off season, but then also spending the money to get get some weapons for him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I guess that, that'll take us to our, our next topic here. We're going to move on to a little bit of the round ball now, moving to the NBA. We get, we got a new coach signing here for the Houston Rockets, M.A. Yadoka. He was the uh, Boston Celtics coach there last season, led him to the NBA championship, had some off-the-court issues here in the offseason, and he was dismissed from the team. So, you know, good move or bad move from the Rockets. What do you think? Um, yeah, I think it's going to be going to be interesting. Uh, obviously, prior to, to being with Boston, had no you know head coaching mm-hmm. experience. And obviously that that first year in Boston, you know, led him to the NBA finals. But it is going to be interesting now. He's in a it's in a different perspective now. This Rockets team, you know, coming off a season where they went 22 and 60, you know, they have young talent on right. that team, but obviously nowhere near the talent level or the developed talent that that Celtics team. So this, I think, is really going to be a true test for him. I think Yudoka is somewhat betting on himself in this in this sense um, by saying, yeah, I, I'm going to go take a team that needs to be rebuilt, that needs, you know, needs some help to really show I, I can be a head coach in this league or, you right. know, I am, you know, a good coach. It wasn't just, you know, the, the players were that great in Boston. Right. I was contributing. I was, you know, a part of that team that made them made them as good as they as they as they are. Um, so this is really going to be yeah, a true test for him. Is this guy really a legit NBA you know head coach and taking on a super tall task there in, in Houston? Right. Um, where again they do have a lot of young talent because they've been picking towards the top here in recent drafts and just you know acquired a lot of young guys. Um, but 
still a lot of unproven talent and still mm-hmm. need to be developed to see what they what they can develop into. Yeah, so it was interesting. He chose Houston over Toronto. There, they were both going hard after him, and and he just he decided on Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kind of not really sure what what that entailed because I mean Toronto's got a, a decent roster on their hands. They're fr- a French playoff team mm-hmm. where Houston dead bottom in the league. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you, you know it's interesting what what led to that decision. I don't know if Houston uh, offered a little more cash. It's four year, twenty eight and a half million dollars. Where right. he ended up settling on. Yeah. So you know I'm not real sure what what led to that decision, but. You know, best of luck to him. Yeah, absolutely. You know, from what I what what I saw, you know, um, the GM for for the Rockets, uh, Raphael Stone, uh, from what what I was reading, is that he sold Udoka on. You know, like I mentioned, the young talent that they have on that team. Um, they also have a ton of salary cap space going into this offseason, so there is the potential to add a couple veteran pieces to right. add. You know, kind of going the Cleveland Cavaliers route. If you, if you, you know, staying close to home, um, that's kind of what they've done. They had a lot of those young guys that they've drafted, uh, here recently. And then have just added, you know, a couple of veteran right. pieces through either trades or off season or, you know, whatever. Um, and then on top of that, you know, the Rockets were so bad. They also have the chance to, to land the number one pick too. So, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of good, you know, positive things there in Houston, but, a lot of unknowns and uncertainties right. too, you yeah. know, so it is really going to be a, a, a true test of, of Udoka's, uh, you know, true coaching ability to see what, what he's made of um, in the, you know, coming into a major rebuild, you know, team with the, with the Houston Rockets. So, all right, well, sticking with the NBA, um, just like the NHL playoffs, the NBA playoffs are marching on as well um, into the second round. Uh, we'll, we'll start, we'll start in the East. Um, we'll start with the, with the series that's currently knotted up one-to-one. That's the, the two seeded Boston Celtics and, and the number three seeded Philadelphia 76ers. Um, the Celtics were three and one against the 76ers in the regular season. Um, and, and what do you know? The 76ers take game one, you know, shock, shocked myself. Um, but you know, I, I remember saying to Matt before game one started, if, if, if Embiid wasn't able to play, obviously he did come back right. in game two, but lights out, you know, if he was not able to play whatsoever, the 76ers team had no chance. Yeah. Ex- only if, if Harden was able to play like the Harden, we knew his old, se- yeah. his old self, that was the only way this 76ers team had a chance. What do you know? Game one, the guy goes out and scores 45 points. Right. So, you we know, we haven't seen that Harden in a long right, time. Right. Right. And, and I think that, you know, was, I, obviously the difference maker for, for a four point game in, in game one, Harden was, I mean, electric, the guy just couldn't, couldn't miss. Um, obviously game two Embiid comes back. It looks like a totally, I mean, they get beat by almost 30 right. points, uh, 40, almost 40 points. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. I, is it even worth to have Embiid on the court? I don't know if he's, Doing yeah, him any does, good? Does Harden do more when right. Embiid's not out there? Right. Is, is he a better player with, without Embiid? Mm-hmm. Is, is that a, a worse matchup? Mm-hmm. Like, does Embiid slow things down for Philadelphia? Right. And even in that game too, I mean, yeah, obviously he's got the knee brace on. You know, Embiid's got the got the knee brace on, but I don't know. He just didn't seem like, still didn't seem like himself. Mm-hmm. Even in that game too, uh, still was kind of favored in that knee a little bit, and just I don't know what not able to really get up and down the court at right. times. It just, yeah, seemed a little out of sorts, uh, you know, obviously going to take, um, you know, they, they, they play game three tomorrow, you know, back in Philly. Uh, we'll, we'll see, you know, with a couple more days, you know, is Embiid back to his true, you know, as they announced last night, he also is the MVP, you know, as well. So can he get back to that MVP form and really, you know, help this 76ers team, you know, move on? I, I just don't know this Celtics team, they respond so well. They got too many weapons. Right. I, I just, I don't that Harden can consistently play like he did because mm-hmm. even la- in, in game two, right. he went right back to what you I was know, gonna say. Was he just gassed after right, game one? Right. He put it all on the line. Right, and right. Just didn't have anything left in the right. tank. Yeah, you know, put it all on the line to win just one game, and right. you got to win four in this to, to to move on. So you know, obviously, it's huge getting a win on the road. You know, in a series and somewhat stealing home court advantage, but. Yeah, did you set yourself up, you know, for later later failure by putting too much into to one right. game? Um, so I don't know. It's it's going to be an interesting series, but I, I still like Boston. You know, even though they they dropped game one, I, I think 
think I still like the Celtics to, to move on. Yeah, Boston's just been an enigma all season long, though. It's it's if what team shows up. Mm-hmm. Some games they come and they play together as a team, and other games it's like uh, Jalen Brown doesn't like Tatum, right. who doesn't like Horford. Right. And none of them are getting along, and they play awful. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's a Jacqueline Hyde team all yep. season long. Yeah. You know, if, if Hyde shows up, they, they're going to have some problems. Mm-hmm. So right. it, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving over to the other uh, Eastern Conference, uh, Eastern Conference second round matchup. Another series tied one to one. That's the number five seeded New York Knicks taking on the number eight seeded Miami Heat. Uh, like I said, tied one to one. Heat took game one. Jimmy Butler, another you know great performance, but you know injury late in game mm-hmm. one that you know could spell doom for for the Heat moving forward. Uh, you know, game two he did not did not play. But I think you know it's interesting because the Heat the Heat held their well, own, yeah. they, you know, held their own even without you know even without Butler on the court. Obviously, we'll see you know what that means for the Heat going forward. Can can Butler lace him up? Can he get get healthy enough to at least you know be seventy or eighty percent of himself mm-hmm. out there? Uh, obviously, the series going back to going back to Miami now. Um, yeah, I thought coming into this one, it would be you know Julius Randle health that we would be monitoring, not right. Jimmy Butler's obviously, but. Uh, you know, for me, the Knicks, yeah, again, another kind of strange thing. It, it seems like they play better when Julius Randle is not on the court. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he still seems to be bothered by that by that ankle that, you know, has, has you know, been plaguing him since kind of the end of the regular season. Um, you know, so it, it is interesting. You know, I think the Knicks, yeah, do play better when he's not, not on the court. Right. But I think for the Heat, again, if, they, if there's no Jimmy Butler – Call it the Knicks. Right. The Knicks got this one. There, there's Absolutely. no, I you know, like I said, even though the Knicks held or the Heat held their own in game two, they still lost. I mean, right. you don't get wins for almost winning. Yeah. You know, you don't. You don't get. And, and they threw of, everything they had at that right. game. I mean, they even had a big lead and gave, mm-hmm. gave it all up. Right. I, I remember kind of watching on, on the on the betting app there for mm-hmm. that and thinking, eh, but you know, New York's down kind of big mm-hmm. and the odds were swaying. I, I thought about throwing Throw something on New York just right. heck of it. Right. Kind of wish I did now, <laughs> right, but yeah, exactly. you know, it's, it's just I was kind of surprised to see him come back because New York's typically not that team that mm-hmm, comes mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of big for them too. The fact that they kind of overcame something here, came back and, mm-hmm. and, and got the W. So you know, I, I think that's going to lead to more success for them, especially if Miami doesn't have Butler. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, moving over to the Western Western Conference. Um, you know, the number one seeded Denver Nuggets obviously moved on in their first round series, you know, beat the Timberwolves, uh, taking on the Phoenix Suns, who took care of the Clippers in the first round. But uh, a little bit of a, of a, maybe a little bit of a surprise here. The Nuggets are up to nothing in this series. And, uh, man, it's been, uh, the Nuggets have beat the, the, you know, beat the Suns in every aspect of the game. I mean, the first game was a high scoring affair. Nuggets took care of business. Mm-hmm. Second game was oh very very low scoring affair. Nuggets still came out on top. I don't know what the Suns got you know got in the bank or you know got on you know here to to you know combat this. This Nuggets team looks looks locked in like we've seen earlier in the regular season. You know, kind of playing with that tenacity with something to prove. And now Phoenix doesn't have Chris Paul, right. one, of the, one of their stars right. and, and veteran presence mm-hmm, and leadership mm-hmm. on the court. Right. Um, so we'll see. You know what that what that does for this Suns team. Obviously, going back to going back to Phoenix now for games three and four. Um, you know, do do you think the Suns have any any chance in this one, or you know, the Nuggets got this one? I don't know. It, it, I, I, Nuggets I, are playing I, well. Yeah, the the Nuggets are, are are playing too good. I mean, these two split in the regular season, but I just I, I think Denver's kind of like you said they're they're locked in. They're mm-hmm. hitting on all cylinders right mm-hmm. now. They they can win the slow game. They can win the fast game. Right. They they can kind of do it all and. Phoenix without Chris Paul, who, who who's the, the the court general, you right, know he, right. he he starts the, the offense, glue, the glue guy, yeah. you know, you know, with, without that, I, I think they have a little more trouble getting Durant the ball. They have a little more trouble getting Booker the ball, and mm-hmm. you know, without that guard to really make all the all the great moves and right. distribute the, the the rock out there, I just I, I don't like Phoenix chances. I I think Denver has a real good shot of sweeping this series. Yeah, yeah, this is definitely a big hit. I mean, anytime that. Suns, you know, anytime you lose a starter or whatever, it obviously has some kind of impact. But I think for a team that plays probably all of their starters play the most minutes out of any starting unit in in the NBA, 
where you're not a super deep team, right. this this is going to have a big impact, you know, for for the Suns. I mean, yeah, Chris Paul's not the guy that's going out there scoring 40 points a night or, you know, whatever, but he's the guy that, you know, holds that team together, kind of the glue guy that, you know, distributes the ball to those, you know, to those scorers in Durant and Booker. Um, you know, yeah, I, I think this is going to have major impact. I, I think the Suns are, are are sunk. They they might be able to steal one game maybe, right. but I think, if, yeah, if Chris Paul is, you know, done for the series or, you know, not able to really get – get back out there this this is going to be tough for the suns to overcome I, I like the nuggets to move on to the to the western conference finals back to hockey real fast i, I thought i said florida was sunk in this thing down two nothing they're now up three to two <laughs> they just they just keep fighting yeah they, they, they never never stop but um then the other you know the final series here that we'll talk about uh before we wrap things up that's uh the Golden State Warriors, they knocked off the Sacramento Kings in game seven, you know, seven games. Um, you know, Sacramento, you know, again, phenomenal season for them. Make it to the playoffs the first time in 16 seasons. Uh, but, you know, again, didn't didn't get a very favorable matchup. But, man, they, they played their hearts out. They gave everything they got. But, you know, obviously that experience and that playoff experience and those, you know, kind of three-headed monster that they got in Golden State is always just tough to – tough to overcome so we'll see what this kings can do you know this kings team can do in the off season you know try to try to make their way back and and see what they can do next hopefully next year um but another you know somewhat maybe not surprised but the lakers knocked off you know the memphis grizzlies four to two in their in their first round um so they get they get to you know get to play golden state here a six seed versus a seven seed in this in this second round matchup and uh Lakers got things started early, took one in yeah. in Golden State uh, by a score of one seventeen to one twelve. Um, the Lakers were three and one against the Warriors in the mm-hmm. in the regular season. So, you know, obviously a lot of storylines in this one. You know, probably the biggest one: LeBron versus Steph again in the playoffs. Um, you know, Matt, what's your what's your thoughts on this series? What 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 do you what do you think? Well, I'll tell you what for the for the Lakers with their big man playing like he is right now, mm-hmm. Anthony Davis. If he's locked in like that, they're going to be a tough out for any of these teams mm-hmm. in the playoffs. They're going to give everybody fits. So, yeah. you know, I, I think Golden State's got their work cut out for them. Mm-hmm. Golden State also, they live and die by the three. And if, if they if they can catch fire, they're also going to be hard to beat as mm-hmm. well. So, you know, I, I think the big thing that's hurt Golden State really all season long and in this playoff so far is their turnovers. Mm-hmm. They, they've been turning over at an alarming pace mm-hmm. this season. Yeah. Usually a Steve Kerr led team does it. It controls the ball and, and and has better better handles on the mm-hmm. on the rock there. So I I don't know what's going on in Golden State. Why? But I don't know if it's mental lapses or mm-hmm. you know their their rosters kind of moved up and down a little bit this right, season right. With, with injuries and stuff. So maybe they're just not on the same page. Mm-hmm. But if they want to win this series and, and keep going on this playoffs, they're they're going to have to tighten it up mm-hmm. on, on that side. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know this is. Uh, you know, kind of a matchup I had circled here, you know, before the, before the, you know, he's got kicked off was, you know, Anthony Davis versus the big man from Golden State and in, in, in Kayvon Looney. Um, Looney had his way with DeMontis Sabonis in that first round in, in the Kings. I mean, the guy, you know, the stat sheet, as far as, you know, points go, you wouldn't notice, you know, Kayvon Looney, but rebounds, the guy had rebounding games of 13, 14, 20. 21 and 22 in that in in those games you know in against the kings in the first round so for me i had that you know had that circled obviously anthony davis was a big key in in the first round series against the grizzlies averaged almost 14 rebounds and had four blocks as well uh, you know on average against the grizzlies so getting it done on both you know both ends of the court for for anthony davis and was was huge in, in game one for for the lakers and finally i think getting back to Anthony Davis we're used to seeing right. um and that's yeah that's scary for anybody mm-hmm. in the NBA um you know like obviously the fear the brow right right um obviously LeBron not put not quite putting up the numbers you know that we're used to seeing in his in his younger days but even for a 38 year old is still playing pretty pretty well for you know for his age um so we'll we'll see uh, yeah obviously Lakers getting it done you know game one um is you know key very very you know getting off to a hot start getting you know stealing game one golden state you know always always a plus uh you know game two going to be happening tonight i believe at nine o'clock so we'll see if the warriors can can right the ship here or you know if the lakers take take two games and have 
you know, the defending NBA champs on the on the ropes. Yeah, I, I think Golden State should uh, get Draymond Green on on Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. I, I know there's a little bit of a size mismatch right. there, but you know, it's, it kind of reminds me of back in the day when Rodman would would guard Shaq. Right, I mean, right. The other size, but you get under the their heart, skin, the, the heart, and yeah. yeah, you go after every loose ball right, and, and right. fight for that. Mm-hmm. I, I think that could be the difference. I, mm-hmm. I think they they need to make that change. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that could help swing the series. As yeah, well. yeah, uh, absolutely. So we'll see. We'll see what happens uh, as the NBA playoffs, you know, roll on here. We'll see who's who's headed to the conference finals, and you know, um, who who then you know could possibly move moving on to the to the NBA finals. So, all right. Well, that's it for our show tonight. Thanks for listening to Fire It Up with your hosts, Colton Cow, Matt Cordes. We uh, hope you enjoyed our episode this week. And if you want to hear other topics for future episodes or, you know, you just got a burning sports question, uh, feel free to reach out to us on our different social media platforms. We have an Instagram where you can find us at Fired Up underscore podcast, or you can find us over on Facebook if you search for Fired Up comma sports podcast. And as always, you can head over to fireduponepodbean.com where you can check out all of our past episodes and, you know, just a little bit of information about, about the show. Um, and you can find this episode as well as all of our past episodes on pretty much any podcast platform you can think of Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora. So any of those major podcasting platforms, you can find our show. So give it a listen. Uh, and as always stay, stay fired, fired up. up.